More with Jeff Carlson on getting the most out of Lightroom. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Go to factormeals.com slash macvoices50 and use the code macvoices50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part two in our conversation with Jeff Carlson about his new compendium book on Lightroom. This time, we dig in a little bit more to artificial intelligence and the part it plays in editing your photos. Let's go back and let Jeff do the talking. We've been talking a lot here about about portraits and retouching that kind of thing. Does does the usability of these features carry over to other types of photography? Um, uh, I'm not sure this is really the perfect example, but product product photography, um, mm-hmm. landscape photo- photography, you know, any basically just general purpose photography that maybe isn't so locked in on just you know right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, um, as another example. Um, and again, I mean, uh, this is this is focusing on on masking, um, and, and I think part of this is because it's like the cool new feature. Um, but part of it is, you know, I, I want to set the baseline of the most of the other features where you're adjusting uh, tone, you're adjusting color, you're adjusting contrast, um, clarity, things like that. Um, that's that's kind of table stakes, and so all of that is is very competent. These are some of the best tools in order to work on those details. And before with Lightroom, basically that's all you could do because Lightroom would just apply an adjustment to the entire image. And then what the masking does, it allows you to then go apply those adjustments to specific parts. So as an example of um, like a landscape photo, one of the, one of the images that I have in the book uh, is one that I took at a lake in uh, in Oregon, and it's basically like you have a mountain in the background, a lake, and the mountains reflected, and in the foreground there's like a little inlet, and uh, like the extreme foreground you've got this this sort of dark rock, and then uh, like dry orange grass, right? And so when I look at that photo like all of the the sort of obvious things, make sure that the exposure is right. It's not overexposed and all of that. Um, What I end up with is an image that looks great for most of it. And then the foreground is a little bit dark. And part of the reason I took that picture is because like, I really like that grass and how that was a counterpart counterpoint to the, the mountain in the background. So what can we do about that? one of the things that I could do would be to make like a, a gradient, a linear gradient, which is how we used to have to do this. And what that would do is basically select everything, say from the bottom up to where we stopped it. And then whatever adjustment we make, like let's say we we increase the whites to make things a little bit brighter, um, that would apply to everything. Well, we don't want that. I just want the grass. So, what I can do and what I show in the book is you can create a luminance. No, I'm sorry, a color mask. And what that's going to do is it's going to select all of the color of the grass 
in the entire image. So it makes that selection. And then I can say, all right, I'm, I'm just going to increase the exposure and that's brighter now. So it's, it's really drawing your eye better. But it also did the same thing for all of the other grass and the, the trees in the background that are kind of the same hues. So there's this very cool feature that lets you make an intersect mask. And basically that then lets me say, all right, I want to apply this, but I just want it to be applied in this area. So when I intersect that with, I think I, I did a linear gradient. Um, no, I'm sorry. I used it with a brush. It, it's not important, but basically um, what I was able to do is then when I use the brush so that the, the intersection pretty much erased what I did, but then I could brush over just the grass and only the blades of grass would be uh, brighter and have that, that exposure adjustment, nothing in the background. And it wasn't making the rocks any brighter. And that's something that I could do in Lightroom. I didn't have to go to Photoshop. I didn't have to zoom in and like paint every single blade of grass, which is something that, you know, you would have had to do fairly recently. Um, and so, yeah, that's the very long way <laughs> to say that, yeah, you can apply this to all sorts of different kinds of, of photography. Jeff, it may have been a long answer, but I think it, it highlights why, folks need this book and they need the the compendium part of it to understand some of these features ai or not that yeah. and and the and because my i mean as i'm as you're sitting here describing it i'm thinking how did he come up with this and then i then you know i stopped and thought a couple minutes as you were going on and it's like you know <laughs> this is exactly why he's a professional and this is why, you know, he has – he's written the book on Lightroom because you do understand how the features work. And that's, that's the kind of wisdom or knowledge you're trying to impart to people and make available so that they too can understand. that It's just not a matter of you know, moving this slider, that slider, and, and getting this result. It's like, okay, I can move this slider and get that result, but then I can combine it with this thing over here and get this extra special result. And, yeah, and, and exert even more control, and so I, I, I mean, I think that's the that's a perfect case example for why the compendium part of the book is so important. Yeah, I mean, well, part of my goal, and and I, I hope that is that this has been expressed well enough in the book, is I mean, as a photographer, you're going to look at the world differently. Um, that's that's kind of the point. But when you're editing, you also have to look at your images differently. And so it's it's helpful to take what you shot and look at it and say, all right, what does this need? Is it too dark? Okay, yeah, maybe it's too dark and we can do things to adjust that. Uh, but you also you know, think about what attracted you to the shot at the time. In this case, and, and actually th this is a photo that's several years old, but the like the grass in the foreground really caught my eye and I wanted that so that it wasn't just, you know, here's a big mountain and the reflection in the lake, which like I have that picture too. It was great, but this was something different and something that just appealed to me. But when I looked at, at how it was shot, because, you know, of course my camera's not going to differentiate all these, all these, these areas, but 
I know that I can then go into the editing software and say, all right, I specifically want these grasses to be a little bit more prominent because I want the viewer's eye to go there and then move into the rest of the image. But at the same time, like in the lower left corner, there was just like weeds and rocks and stuff that that were distracting. So I could use another mask to just basically darken that a little bit, a little dodge and burn. And so being able to look at your image, look at what you got and say, what does this need? Or, you know, how is this different from the way I remember it? Can I make this the way I remember it? Or can I make this more dramatic? Because, for example, like maybe the clouds, they were fine. But if we add a little bit of clarity, if we drop the exposure just a little bit, then those clouds become more dramatic without being overpowering or fake or, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, again, I think it, it's a matter I'm, there. There are so many of these new software tools out there, taking nothing away from you know Adobe or Photoshop or any of that. But there's so many yeah. out there that claim you know they're new kids on the block. They claim to be able to do all these great things with AI, and so many of them. And I'm not going to say all of them, but so many of them are click once and we will fix your photo and it'll look fantastic, and it does, except for the fact that you don't have the kind of fine grain control that you're talking about. And yeah. that's what, so that's why, you know, Lightroom is more of a professional tool as opposed to some of these others, some of the others. Yeah. You may get something that you'd be happy to print an eight by 10 and stick it up on your wall or put it in a frame and put it on your desk or, you know, share to your Instagram feed. But if you really want the specific things that Jeff is talking about, and that control for a client who is maybe doing a print ad in a magazine or that billboard or whatever, you, you gotta, you gotta look a little bit deeper and that's where yeah. this book comes in. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because one of the things, I mean, going back to differentiating between Lightroom Classic and, and the others, one of the great things about Lightroom Classic is it has a plugin system so that if you have other utilities that can do things either differently than Lightroom, or maybe in some cases better than Lightroom, you can basically round trip your images from Lightroom Classic to that other app and then back again. So um, the, the example that I have in the book, um, I shot a, a portrait session with somebody and the image, like, like the best image was just slightly out of focus because of like a little bit of camera shake. But like the look on her face, she she sort of like had her eyes closed. She was looking up and um, she had this like gorgeous, uh, you know, like custom, I think maybe antique ring on. Um, and like like in terms of content, that was the best thing. And then I, I got back and I realized that I had fudged it and it was like just a little bit off. But there are tools that can help you with that. So the, the, like the sharpening tool in Lightroom is fine. It's mostly just for some kind of broad, uh, broad adjustments, but there's an application called Topaz Sharpen AI, and that will do a lot more like, like it'll help 
compensate for camera shake and all of that. So one example, or sorry, one option would be, all right, so maybe I need to export it out of Lightroom, open it here, re-import it, blah, blah, blah. Lightroom Classic, there's a plugin. So you just say, edit this in Topaz Sharpen AI. And it it sends a, like a high-resolution TIFF image to Topaz. And then you do all your edits in the separate app, um, make that look better. And then when you click Save, then it sends the newly edited version back into Lightroom. So it's just all, already right there in your library. So now I have the sharpened version and then I have the, the, the original version and I can continue to make edits on the sharpened version using Lightroom stuff. And so that allowed me to take this image that I really loved, but really wasn't great about like, I didn't feel like I could really give that to the client because it was like just soft enough, but I was able to edit it and make that an image that I think is, you know, one of my favorite from the set. And absolutely I gave to the client and I, you know, hopefully she didn't even notice that at one point it was a little bit blurry because what she got was like the finished clean, good version. And there are all sorts of, of, you know, other utilities, even, um, I mean, like for example, on one, they have basically a Lightroom competitor, but they also take some of these features and they, make individual utilities out of them. So if you like on one's noise reduction better than Lightroom's or better than Topaz's, you can use that. And so it has a lot of flexibility in order to serve the idea that you're here to make a good image and we're going to put all the tools that you need in order to make that happen. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Summer often means cutting corners on eating well so you can keep up with outdoor activities. But it doesn't have to be that way. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. That doesn't mean cutting corners on your healthy eating either. Stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. Ready in just two minutes. What are you having for dinner tonight? I'm having a black pepper and sage pork chop with smoked cheddar Brussels sprouts and creamy broccoli. You could, too, by joining me on the Factor bandwagon. Head to factormeals.com slash macvoices50 and use the code macvoices50 to get 50% off. That's code MacVoices50 at factormeals.com slash MacVoices50 to get 50% off. Thanks to Factor for their support of MacVoices. Jeff, as a matter of interest, um, this is real, has nothing to do with what you just – well, it does. It has something to do with this. If, if a, a preferred third-party utility doesn't support that architecture – is is there a significant difference between me exporting the 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 TIFF out of Lightroom, importing it into that other program, doing whatever that other program does, then exporting a TIFF and then re-importing it into Lightroom? I mean, no. the, the workflow implications are obvious, but 
from a quality right. standpoint, from a result standpoint, is there any difference? No, no. The, the, the difference is only that, that you had to take those extra steps in order to, to go from one to the next. Um, but, you know, what, what you end up with then is, you know, once you've, you've taken it to that other app and you've edited it and then you have like your edited version, um, then you re-import that into Lightroom. And so you end up with both versions. Um, and then like functionally, other than the fact that you had to make that, that sort of loop around workflow, um, it's it's just as if it would have been if they had a, a, a plugin that was supported. So, um, and in fact, if you're using Lightroom Desktop, you have to do that because it doesn't have the plugin architecture. And I've done that too. I've you know I, I want to send something to you know Topaz Photo AI, and so I will export the um, like the original image, so the raw image, put it in, run it through, do my edits in the other utility, um, and then bring it back. Uh, bring it back into Lightroom. And because Lightroom keeps track of it all, it, you know, I don't have to worry about, oh, geez, where did I leave the file? Where did I leave this version of it? Um, and you have some options as to what gets sent out, say either like the raw file or, you know, in Lightroom Classic, most everything gets sent out um, as a as a TIFF file, which means you have, you know, basically all the image data is there um, in a format that other things can read easily. And so that, you know, it's a little bit like just a touch more hassle, but absolutely you can do it. I, I ask not just for the sake of this discussion, but also I'm thinking of Apple's photos. I mean, there's so many utilities out there that, that everybody can't support everybody else's utility. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, the, but, but we all have our favorites or the ones that we bought on sale or, you know, for whatever oh, yeah. reason. And, you know, the idea that, well, okay, gee, I wish it supported this. Um, well, I can still use it. And there's no, as you said, there's no functional difference. It's just more a workflow and time commitment kind of difference. Yeah. But if you really want to do yeah. it, you've got it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, because I mean, sometimes other tools are just, they just do a better job. And so, um, like uh, another good example, um, you know, let's say you want to replace a sky in an image, uh, you're doing a, like a, a real estate photo shoot and you like the sky was really gray and boring. Um, there's nothing in Lightroom that will replace a sky. You can select a sky, uh, and make adjustments to it, but you can't replace it. So that would be like, for example, a really good instance of when you would want to send that image to Luminar, for example, Luminar Neo, which has really good um, uh, sky replacement, and then bring it back and continue your edits. Jeff, uh, what's the availability on this book at this stage? So um, it is, because this is a, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, because this is a a real book. And I know like every take control author is now hitting me in the head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this book is available as both a print book and an ebook. And um, the, that has pros and cons. The pros are that um, it, it's a Rocky Nook print book and uh, they've, they're the ones that, that did my Luminar books. The print quality is amazing. The colors look great. Um, 
the downside to it is that the print version is not going to be available until September. I, I imagine that it's, it's you know, we're, we're talking here uh, at the, the very last day of May um, that the, like, I believe it's, it's all printed. It's just on a boat basically. And then it has to go through distribution, like, like moving, moving atoms is difficult. Um, the ebook is going to be available in the middle of June and um, you know, as a PDF or a, I think uh, Rocky Nook does PDF and Kindle and EPUB. And so uh, that will be available. I want to say like around June 15th, 16th, um, it kind of, yeah, like right around then. Um, and what's great is that you can get both. So Rocky Nook has a, um, a bundle deal where you can basically get the ebook now, be able to, you know, have it on your iPad, take it with you on your photo shoots, whatever. Um, and then have the print version arrive if you bought the bundle so that you have that like good reference volume that you can just have on your desk or on your shelf. So that when you do end up wondering, how do I do intersect masks again? And I, I only have my phone here. You grab the book and you can, you know, actually open it to that, to that page. Great. Do you have any idea of the pricing? Or, or I do have the, you do. Okay. Uh, no, no, the, the, the pricing is set. Um, and the pricing is, as I load the page because I forgot to bring it up. Um, all right. So the, the ebook is $39.99. The print book is $49.95. The print and ebook bundle is $59.99. However, when you order, when, when the ordering uh, is open, which is going to be when the ebook is available, um, if you use the code Carlson40, you get 40% off. 40% off any of the options? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, wait, wait, 40? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But yeah. Really. And, you know, somebody's going to say, well, that's a, that's a pretty high-priced, even a high-priced ebook. And yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, but let's – this this is where we get into the discussion that, that I love having, that there's there are those of us who like to think of ourselves as professionals. There are those of us that probably actually approach a prosumer uh, level, and then there are real professionals. Jeff is a real professional. He's written a book for real professionals, or maybe the prosumer who's really enthusiastic about understanding this stuff. So – yeah, and the I can't imagine the amount of work that went into a book like this to document all the features, all the capabilities, all the the to use my phrase recipes that you know go into mm -hmm. it. Um, I I don't even want to think about it. I just want to hand over <laughs> my credit card and 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 take away some of the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I won't lie. This was a lot of work. Um, and you know, some of that was also because, you know, I mean, Photoshop is, is changing. Um, you know, if, if we had released this at this point last year, um, I think that, you know, you wouldn't have a lot of the masking stuff in and certainly not the, the denoising and, you know, obviously there's going to be new stuff that, that comes down the road, but, um, you know, just, being able to include all of that stuff. And I, you know, books are a lot of hard work and um, 
I think this is going to sound slightly vain, but because these are all my images uh, that, that are used as examples, um, except for except for two in the entire book, everything is mine. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not just giving an image that shows an example of, of, of what this feature does. Like I, I mean, I spent so much time going through my library, finding things that, that really work for this feature or for this example, you know, rather than just, you know, here's a picture of my cat and I can make the cat darker or lighter in the backyard or whatever. (laughs) Um, you know, no, nothing against people who to take pictures of cats. That was just the, you know, the, the the first example that came to mind. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes you'll get pictures of, uh, you know, or books or YouTube videos or whatever. And people are like, yeah, here's this kind of throwaway image. And I'll show you how to do X feature. Um, there's something about having like a high quality print book. And I'll I'll go ahead and say it, a high quality Rocky Nook print book, because I've worked with them and I know the, the high level of quality that they produce that I, I couldn't make a book that was just sort of not pretty. Right. So, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time getting like really good images that really show off this feature or, you know, really show that uh, it, you know, here's a problematic image and here's how we can fix it, that sort of thing. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, but uh, you know, I mean, I can honestly say it's, it's 300 and I think 26 pages. Um, one of the favorite projects that I've worked on because of all this, because I get to put in my images and, you know, really dig into Lightroom stuff that I didn't know before. I mean, I've been using Lightroom for years and I found things that, that I had never run across until, you know, like that compendium section, you run into things that you're like, oh, this has been a feature in Lightroom for who knows how long. I had no idea because Lightroom is, is Lightroom Classic, especially is one of those, those products that like, there's just so much in it that there are probably things that no one remembers or no one has run across and you realize, oh, that's super important or that's super useful. I can, you know, cut some time or, you know, some effort. And I had no idea that it could do that. And it does. So that's, it. that's fun and rewarding too. Um, the Rocky Nook website is? Ah, so rockynook.com. Um, and if you, well, the full URL is like rockynook.com slash shop slash image dash editing slash slash Lightroom. And I think that'll that'll get you there. Um, if not, um, of course, when it becomes available, I will have links and everything uh, at jeffcarlson.com. And, um, you know, it, you can just go search for Lightroom or the Course and Compendium series at Rocky Nook site. But yeah, rockynook.com will get you there. And of course, I will also put links in the show notes so that you can have an easy way to get there and take advantage oh, of, uh, of, of of Jeff's forty um, percent discount. I will not, uh, and Jeff, with your permission, or unless you tell me I can, I will not be listing that discount out in the open. So you're going to have to either watch or listen to this show to get that discount. 
um, because yes. we really, we really, really appreciate you you doing that for us, uh, especially on such a high priced book. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, before we let you go, tell us where where we can find all the stuff you do because I know mm. now that you've you know come back from underground that you're catching <laughs> up on a lot of things. Uh, yeah, the the main places go to jeffcarlson.com. There you'll find links to my Mastodon account, uh, Instagram, um, also the two uh, photo-related podcasts that I co-host, uh, Photoactive and Photocombobulate, and um, also just articles and uh, photo stuff that I've done. Basically, anything that I've done recently uh, goes to jeffcarlson.com. And actually, uh, one more thing that I I want to mention is that I have a newsletter. Uh, I mean, you could probably tell when you asked me about AI features, uh, how my brain turned into a pinball machine. Um, I have a newsletter uh, called uh, Photo AI, and it is all about how computational photography, AI, machine learning, how it is changing how photography exists right now and how it affects us. So if you go to photo-ai.com, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Um, Feel free to financially support it if you'd like, but you don't have to. Right now, everything is free. Um, But that's, that's where I'm also providing, you know, links and commentary and stuff uh, to this AI photo sphere that is literally changing every week. Oh, great. I did not know about that. I will go and subscribe as soon as we hang up here. Uh, no, thank you. That Because it is, look, there's no question about it that that is making such a big, big difference. And and I, Jeff, I will apologize because this is a probably a very poor comparison, but just the the uh, the masking feature that we now have on the iPhones to lift people out of photos. Uh, you know, I mean that. Oh yeah, just that it's not going to be nearly as good as what Lightroom does. But you know, f- again, for just casual common use, it's phenomenal. And that was something that would have been at least a couple hours worth of work before. Um, if not Definitely. more to do any kind of decent job. So yes, the world is being remade by some of this AI, um, hopefully for the better, but I think at least for the moment it is for people like us that want to do some of these things. So yeah, good. I, I didn't know about that. Good. Oh, little bonus, little bonus there. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy to, happy to come back and talk about generative AI and all that stuff too, if you want at some point. You got it. You, we will definitely have you back because that is such a hot topic. I would I would enjoy yeah. uh, discussing that. So, um, meanwhile, meanwhile, I have a newsflash for you. Um, it is oh. it, it is now spring into summer. Go out, enjoy that big yellow thing in the sky. It's called the sun. Uh, you haven't seen <laughs> it for a couple months, so go check it out. <laughs> thank you so much, Jeff. Good to see you. Oh, thank you. I always love coming on. Appreciate it. <laughs> Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Yeah, there's just a whole lot here. I'm I'm excited over Jeff's newsletter because that'll boil a couple things down, but I'm also excited maybe to dig into Lightroom a little more than I have. And now I feel like I've got a really good guide to do it, along with an understanding of which version of, of Lightroom is what. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, 
free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.